so the ages of six months and five years of age. If a dog is significantly older than that before they have their first seizure, then really I think the chances of epilepsy being the problem are really unlikely. Epilepsy is probably the most common cause of seizures in dogs, but there are other causes. And if you've got an older dog who's just started to have fits, then actually epilepsy is pretty unlikely. Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Hello, wherever you are. This is the 58th episode of the Call the Vet podcast. If we've not met before, then my name's Dr. Alex, and I'm the veterinarian behind Our Pets Health dot com, where my aim is to bring you pet health information designed to help you and your pet live as healthy and happy a life as possible. And one of the ways I do this is through my free pet care guide. So this is the free guide that just helps you avoid preventable diseases, the most common conditions that our pet dogs and cats suffer from that has a massive impact on their health later on in life, as well as their well-being, their quality of life, and even their quantity of life. So taking a few simple steps could make sure that they're living their happiest life possible, but also they're living longer lives as well. So you can access that free guide simply by heading over to ourpetshealth.com slash pet care guide and also if you're not already subscribed make sure you hit that subscribe button but for now let's jump into today's show now having a seizure or watching your dog have a fit is a really upsetting thing especially if it comes out of the blue and you've not anticipated your dog being unwell in any way at all and that's kind of what happened to Clive. So Clive wrote in to say that his uh, 12-year-old Airedale Terrier started, started having fits for the first time um, several months previously. There were severe seizures that lasted two to three minutes each. A number of blood tests were ran and everything seemed absolutely fine. And um, Clive's dog was started on Epifen, which is phenobarbital, which is a common anti-seizure, anti-epileptic treatment. But there are two problems with this. The first is that Clive's dog is still having clusters of seizures every two to three weeks or so and the second problem is that the side effects are dreadful so Clive's dog has become withdrawn and depressed his eyesight and hearing is getting worse he's very confused um, he poops quite a lot sometimes he won't even drink or um, eat in a day at all so Clive's seriously considering stopping the medication because he doesn't think it's helping at all which is completely understandable and in fact he's not sure that his dog has epilepsy at all and so Clive is kind of understandably asking, uh, can he safely withdraw the drug? Is that going to cause any problem problems in itself? Or is, it, is he just having too high an expectation of the phenobarbital? And actually, is it better to keep going? Because even though it's not stopping the seizures, maybe it's actually stopping them becoming worse or more frequent than they already are. So this is actually quite a common situation that people find themselves in maybe not completely in the same way that Clive and Clive's dog uh, is experiencing their seizures but it's an older dog who's not had a history of seizures throughout their life and then they then start having fits that are really poorly controlled or not controlled as well as we would hope by any medication that's dispensed and really this all boils down to what are the causes of seizures in an older dog particularly. So I completely agree with Clive that I think the likelihood of epilepsy in his dog is pretty slim. So in my mind, if a dog doesn't have their first seizure between the ages of about six months and five years of age, then epilepsy is really unlikely to be the cause. And what epilepsy is, 
We often will call it idiopathic epilepsy, where we don't really know exactly what the problem is, but it's often uh, maybe breed-related or there's a genetic component. But it's an abnormal electrical activity within the brain that happens for one reason or the other. But it typically starts between those ages, so the ages of six months and five years of age. If a dog is significantly older than that before they have their first seizure, then really I think the chances of epilepsy being the problem are really unlikely. Now, that then begs the question, what are the causes of seizures in an older dog specifically? Um, the first one, and there's a number. So the first one we can think of is brain lesions. And so that, I mean, uh, tumours primarily. Uh, so a tumour within the brain. Uh, strokes could definitely cause seizures as well. But strokes are really, really not very common, a common problem in dogs. Um, and, it, and often, actually, when we think we've got a dog who's had a stroke there their head is tilted to one side their eyes are maybe flicking they can have real trouble standing or they can't stand at all that's actually something called vestibular disease which is very different um, has a whole load of different causes but the most common one uh, idiopathic or old dog vestibular disease is actually something that the majority of dogs recover from really well so anyway so to start with causes of old dogs with seizures brain lesions is the first one infection that's another problem so you can get certain infections that can then go to the brain like meningitis again it's not normally an old dog problem but it's got to be on the list uh, and yeah infections is a problem now maybe in your part of the world there are different infections that even I'm not aware of because we get tropical diseases there are exotic diseases that are specific to specific countries um, so that's something to consider poisoning now poisoning is probably the next biggest cause of seizures in dogs as a whole and the most common poisons here certainly that I see will be uh, metaldehyde which is a slug and snail bait and also mycotoxin which is a toxin that's produced by mold that uh that dogs will get if they raid the compost heap or they get into a bin and some food's gone mouldy. There are other causes, there are other common poisons that can cause seizures, um, things like xylitol, uh, chocolate, you know, a whole range of different things. But poisoning is a big one to consider. Clearly here, you're not going to get repeat episodes over a long period of time uh, and you're not going to have a seizure where actually a dog recovers then really quickly after having that seizure they're going to be ill and they're going to need additional treatment and in many cases unfortunately especially with um, slug bait uh, it is fatal and then the next big common cause is organ disease and here I'm thinking kidney failure liver disease uh, pancreatic tumors diabetes that kind of thing can all all of those things can cause seizures for a number of different reasons and um, with kidney failure and liver disease you get a buildup of toxins that then affects the brain and causes seizures with pancreatic tumors um, with diabetes you may get really low blood glucose levels diabetes especially if you're then giving more if you're giving um, insulin and you give an overdose of insulin or your dog stops eating and you still give that insulin then that can result in a seizure as well now, some of those things can be ruled out pretty common, pretty easily. So the organ disease has already been ruled out in Clive's dog's case. So it's had blood test results. There's no problems there. Everything's been given the all, the all clear. Infection, again, is going to be pretty unlikely in a dog whose blood test results are normal and who is actually normal in between those seizure episodes poisoning we can also rule out so i'd be worried here that unfortunately clive's dog does have a brain lesion now there's a number of different things that that could be and clearly i can't make that diagnosis just based on the description but that's that would be my thought process that i would be having with clive when when we come to think of what we can do or how we can best manage 
his condition or his dog's condition. Now, unfortunately, reaching a diagnosis can be very challenging if we're looking for a definitive diagnosis. So you want to know exactly what the problem is and exactly what the best treatment options are are especially if we're dealing with a lesion within the brain because it's very difficult to image that really we need an MRI scan to pick that up in the majority of cases and that will typically involve a referral to a neurologist who will then do their own assessment and will then have that advanced imaging ordered it may be that they will be a spinal tap as well um, to look at the fluid that kind of surrounds the central nervous system to see if there's any signs of disease there it may be that imaging can be taken elsewhere so um, the lungs can be checked the abdomen can be checked to see if there's a primary tumor uh, that could then be have been spread and cause a problem within the brain and one other thing that I think that is really important from Clive's description is that actually a lot of the symptoms that he puts down to a side effect from the drug, they actually do sound much more like a problem or a, side, a symptom of what's going on as a whole within the brain rather than a side effect of the epiphen of the phenobarbital tablets. Now, the reasons for this is that actually those side effects are not really what we would anticipate with uh, phenobarbital. We can get an increased hunger. We can get a lethargy. We can get a disorientation of wobbliness but actually all of those problems typically go away after a couple of weeks of being on the drug now that's not to say that a dog can't have more severe reactions but they're really not typical and from what Clive describes I'd be worried that they are more of a sign of what's going on within the brain now that being said, if we can't do that imaging, if it's too expensive, if the option isn't available to you or you decide it's simply just not in your dog's best interest, then we're really looking at palliative treatment. So we're trying to control the symptoms, palliative symptomatic treatment, control the symptoms that are, are happening regardless of what the cause is is now i wouldn't consider having a cluster seizure every two or three weeks really as being well as well controlled as i'd like now blood testing can be done in the case of phenobarbital to check that the levels are within the range that should be working we also want to be monitoring uh, the liver parameters of a dog on phenobarbital because that can cause the, the drug can cause problems there but there are also other drugs that can be added to see if that improves the control and the two most common here are going to be potassium bromide and imepitoin, um, although there are numerous other options that can be tried. And that's clearly something that you'd need to chat through with your vet to see if there are any other options there. There are other things. Um, CBD oil uh, has some use in this and certainly it may be that we're using that more and more in the future as uh, its efficiency at controlling seizures becomes more clear and we're happy with side effects and interactions with other drugs and all that kind of thing um, also diets may have a role as well so our medium chain fatty acids which is like a coconut oil uh, diets that are rich in those do seem to help control seizures more Unfortunately, though, if we're having seizures because of a, a central problem, a problem within the brain, we don't get as good a control of those seizures as we would with something like epilepsy. So it can be something that we need to accept that we may not be able to control the seizures very well. And then it becomes a question of what is an individual's quality of life? Um, how often are they having those seizures? How is it affecting their general well-being? As far as stopping phenobarbital goes if you stop it suddenly then that can absolutely result in really severe seizures so i'd really caution against that if for any reason we do decide we can try and stop any treatment with phenobarbital it needs to be weaned very very slowly over a significant number of months just to really reduce the risk of precipitating even more severe fits 
Now, if you want to jump more into these topics, I've got separate posts all about the causes of seizures, uh, about phenobarbital, about epilepsy, a whole range of different things that are all in this topic and will be useful to you if you've got a dog who's having seizures, whether they're old, whether they're young, whatever's the underlying cause. So make sure you head over to the show notes to check out those links. Get your questions answered at callthevet.org. So that's it for this episode of the show. And before you go, I've got a small favor to ask you. If you find these episodes helpful at all, if they're interesting, if they educate you and you learn something new about your pet, I'd appreciate it more than you can imagine if you could either share it with a couple of your pet loving friends or family or And if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a review, it helps more than you can imagine with other people discovering this podcast and allows me to help more pets, which is really what I'm all about. So stay safe out there. And until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is the Call the Vet podcast. Take care. You've been listening to Call the Vet. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions.